0: Hello, my friend, welcome to episode six of the Jet Movement Podcast. I'm Jeremy Hirschkorn, owner and lead instructor at Jet Movement Academy in Bellingham, Washington. Before we start with today's topics, as always, I wanna thank you for listening and ask that if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a rating and or a review and be sure to like and share on whatever platform you find us on. That goes a huge way in helping us reach more people and give more value. So today's topic Um, today's topic is centered around, um, our mental health, um, kind of addressing this idea of, um, a midlife crisis. Now I'm not suggesting that I'm having a midlife crisis, but I feel like all of us might possibly be feeling like we are having a midlife crisis at the moment, despite uh, whether or not it's the mid of our life or not. Um. But just trying to figure out what the heck we're doing here, um, on this rock shooting through space, you know, dealing with all of the things that we're dealing with as a, as a country, as a world, um, it can be overwhelming. And, um, I found myself, uh, slipping with that at times and struggling with that at times and, uh, being a, a parent, uh, right now of a toddler and, and dealing with that, um, being in a marriage um uh, you know having family members and friends and just trying to figure out um a little bit of purpose and a little bit of drive uh, to continue during a lot of this this hard time right now so i sat down to kind of write out um some ideas and i've been thinking a lot lately about um you know what kids are like and why Kids are so joyful and have this this awesome kind of reckless abandon to live in the moment. Um, this weekend, uh, I was walking with my wife, Kylie, and my son, Jet, and we walked, uh, we're a few blocks away from a local elementary school, so every once in a while, you know, in the evening when we just want to get some mileage under our feet and and get some wiggles out, we'll, we'll take a walk uh, down to the school and, you know, mess around in the playground and then come back. And my son jet decided to wear um his Halloween costume, which is gecko from the p j masks um He wanted to wear that and his rain boots uh, to the school, so he was dressed as uh gecko, who is a bright green lizard uh superhero um in it's pajamas, so we're walking down and of course, as soon as we get uh to the playground, it starts to rain but Whatever, we don't mind that. We're Hirschkorn's. We're cool with playing in the rain and that doesn't bother us. Um, and it's all good. And then I'm wa- we're walking back and Jet decides to kick his boots off and walk in his socks through the water, just soaking wet and just have that kind of youthful, reckless abandon. He's just living in the moment. It's fun right now. You know, And he was thinking about only that and nothing else, not the fact that we have to walk all the way back to the house and you're going to be soaking wet and it's 40 degrees out and all these other things that make your mom and dad worry, right? He was just in that moment having an awesome time, careless about anything else. And it got me thinking about this, you know, this topic that I've kind of been uh, trying to figure out how to make an episode about. And it set me, you know, through a whole host of different ideas. Um but one that I've that I've had for a long time. I've always wanted, I've had this desire to be a part of something far bigger than myself. And in a lot of ways I feel like I've already accomplished that. Um but it's never been completely wholly satisfying. So I've I feel like, you know, for a while I had this idea that, okay, I'm going to do some great thing and there's going to be this defining moment and it's going to be this epic, awesome thing, whatever that is. And, and I was going to strive for, for having that moment. and I wanted that so bad. And I, f- I feel like when we're young, we have all of these ambitions, uh, what we want to be when we grow up, you know, what we want to do with our life when we're a kid. And it's always these extravagant, amazing things and we have these awesome ideas and we want to be a rock star or we want to be um, a, a movie star or a musician, you know, police officer, all these different ideas of things that we want to be when we grow up. And we think that they're so awesome and we cannot wait to grow up and be those things, you know, and along with that comes this idea that you are extremely special when you're little. Um, and I, and I understand, and I understood as, as I was writing this, that maybe not everybody has had the same experience and I might count myself, you know, fortunate, um, to have this, to have had this growing up, but I was convinced that I was this exceptionally special person. Um, because I was, I was told that I was taught that from my parents, um, from school, uh, from a lot of the media that I watched, um, you know, your sports idols growing up tell you, if you work hard, you can achieve anything. You know, Hulk Hogan told me to just take my vitamins and, you know, say my prayers and, you know, do the pledge of allegiance and I could be a WWF superstar someday, you know? So for me, my childhood consists of, consisted of watching, you know, basically sports heroes and 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 these public figures that were like you know larger than life and kind of instilled in you this idea that you could do that i i legitimately i was looking through a while back i was looking through a notebook of things that i just wrote, randomly wrote down um i think somewhere around 6th grade probably uh just questions that i was asking myself and and things i was taking notes on and one of the one of the tough decisions i was trying to make with my life was whether I wanted to be a major league baseball player or a professional wrestler as if that was going to be a legit decision I would have to make with my life which one of these things should I choose you know I'm going to have this uh, cornucopia of choices of you know amazing careers you know and so I was I was delusional in a way thinking that these things were just going to happen I was destined for this great amazing thing and you know, a lot of things around me in my life contributed to that. And I had that as a kid, for sure. Um, you know, and as you, as you age, you start to develop, um, more of an understanding of what life is really like and how feasible things are, you know, and that is, and that is where the problem lies. When you're a kid, um, you don't have an understanding of the journey that it actually takes to achieve those things, you don't have an understanding of the reality of life and how precious those things really are, and how how hard they are to obtain, and um, you don't really know how how long that might take or what goes into you know getting to those points. So when you're a kid, you, you I consider it like a delusionally optimistic about these amazing things that you just believe are going to happen to you. You know, and the biggest problem is that we set, we we set like these stipulations or these timelines on ourselves of like, you know, okay, I, I haven't obtained those things yet, so it must not be true, right? Um, so as you start to, you know, kind of stack up these moments where it didn't happen, I don't want to call them failures because they're not, but they can feel like failures. But you start stacking up these instances where you realize, um, that you aren't at that goal yet, this amazing thing. And it still feels so out of reach and it feels so far away as it did when you were a kid, but you just expected that over this time it was going to happen. So, um, you start to almost be convinced by life that you aren't that special, that greatness might be for someone else and not you, and that those things aren't realistic. Um, you know and 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 we get beat down by that and we lose our focus you know we we lose our passion and we lose our fight to to pursue those things and i feel like most of that comes from um a lack of understanding of what it takes to obtain those things and then also um because we set a timeline on ourselves for this greatness to happen um you know knowing how rare it is that it, not knowing you know how rare it is that those things happen early in people's lives, you know. Um, so all of this is is kind of like crushing me at at the moment that I'm thinking about it. Where I, it was like, you know, okay, you're 34, and you when you were a kid, you had all of these dreams and goals and aspirations for yourself, and those things feel just as far away as they did when you were a kid. You know, they seem out of out of reach almost. You know. Um, And so you just beat yourself up, you know, and it can, you can get stuck there. You can, you can, you can hold yourself in that place and be stuck in that thinking that like, well, I am not that special and I'm not going to do these things. And, you know, maybe they're meant for someone else and you go into your regular routine and you get into a comfort zone with that of being lackluster and, and, uh, you know, average and average is average for a reason. It's because most people are average. So you, it's easy to fall into that and then start to believe that because you have all of these examples around you of, of that. You know, Your parents are maybe, are maybe in that position. Your friends are maybe in that position. You know, Your peers, the people that you work with, the people that you've surrounded yourself with through just the experiences of life are all in that same boat as you. And you guys just start to, I do this too. We start to just convince each other that, hey, this is okay. You know, this is fine. I can handle this. I can just be in this, you know, position. And honestly, that's the truth. It is okay. The majority of people are there. But what I want you to understand is that there is something special in every single person. Okay. There is a spark that everyone has in them. It's just very, very rare that people actually polish that and and turn it into an extraordinary, amazing thing. But I do strongly believe that we all have that. And And it's easy for life to kind of beat you down and make you forget that. And there probably are people higher up in the food chain than me that are actively trying to beat that out of you because then it help, it helps keep themselves at that higher point. You know, there's, there's people that try to build the highest building and then there's people that try to tear everybody else's building down. And so that's another, you know, aspect that's stacked against us as, you know, just ordinary civilians is that there are probably people that are more actively pursuing keeping us down than there are people trying to help us up. But I want to be one of those people that is actively trying to help everyone up. As I try to rise higher myself, I want to bring people that I care about with me. So there's this great, uh, it's not a great movie, but there's great scenes. There's a movie called You, Me, and Dupree. Owen Wilson is one of the characters. And in this movie, he plays a guy named Dupree, who is like a delusional optimist and flies by the seat of his pants, and he—it's an incredible, incredible character. The movie I would give it like a, a B, you know, a B on the rating scale. It's not going to blow your mind. It's a romantic comedy, but this character has always stood out to me, and he talks about not losing your ness. So, for me, I have a Jeremy ness. There is something about me that is special to me. So it's my ness right? Like if your name is Tim, it's your Timness. Um you know uh, if your name is Vanessa, then it's your Vanessa-ness. Okay? So it's this unique quality that is a gift that you have. And sometimes and just everybody okay, everyone has this unique quality and, and it's just a gift given to you. And that's the that's the best way that I can describe it is it's a gift. Um, it it might lie somewhere in your know your genetics or um, your your family history or whatever something had to lead to you having this gift. Um, if you believe that a, a higher power might have instilled this gift in you, you know, or the universe or whatever you want to consider, but everyone has this um, unique quality to them that makes them unique and special that makes you different than everyone else that can help you rise above the mundane of everyday life. Everybody has that. I refuse to believe otherwise. Okay. And I might be wrong, but I refuse to believe that I am wrong. I think we all have it. Um, the problem is sometimes that doesn't line up with what the world has kind of told you that you're supposed to do, or your parents have told you that you're supposed to do or school or media or your friend group or a million other reasons that that uniqueness that you have inside of yourself it just might be different than all of those other external factors okay but i guarantee the more time you spend just kind of basking in that uniqueness and sitting with it and just you know buying into it the more you do that the more you're going to realize that that is the the area that you need to pursue regardless of other people's feedback so they might tell you that's a stupid idea, or that's that's unobtainable or ah, it's cool, but I don't think you can do that or a million other degrees of of doubt and usually that comes from them feeling like they can't do something special and again it's a it's a mild way of tearing down other people around you that might not be the intention but is definitely what they're doing. so it might not line up with what what you've convinced yourself that you're supposed to do. You know, um, so we start to pursue other things that we think that we're supposed to pursue. And when those don't give us the outcome that we wanted, then we continuously become more and more defeated. So whatever society or your family or your friends or whatever has told you that you're supposed to do, as you pursue that, and it doesn't quite get you that feeling that you were hoping for, that becomes a defeat. And you start to stack these defeats on yourself And it adds up and it can just kind of get you to that point where, man, maybe I just am not meant for anything special, right? And it's hard to be resilient against those constant losses like that Um, over and over again throughout your life. For decades, it might happen, um, but it might just be because you're pursuing the wrong thing. Um, So I want to go into um, some examples uh, for myself. of of situations like that, but where it taught me something. So if you're if you're constantly looking at it as you either win or you learn, um, that's a great way uh, to figure out what you're supposed to do. So in middle school, I tried to play every sport. Obviously, I, I've always been a big baseball guy. That's been huge for me. But I wanted to try to play these other sports. I got I fell in love with basketball. I played a lot of soccer. Um, I ran track, um, and I played baseball during all that. And there happened to be this perfectly terrible eighth grade year that I had where in soccer, we didn't win a game the whole season. We made it through the whole season, didn't win a game. I scored one goal, which was my only goal in my entire career of soccer. Um, but that was the highlight of our entire season for me was I scored one goal and it was because of the goalie dove and blocked a ball and then was laying on the ground and I kicked it in. And we didn't win a game that season. And then I went into the winter and I decided to play basketball on a team for the very first time. And as an eighth grader, I made the B team instead of the A team. And as you might have gathered, we didn't win a game. We even got beat so bad uh, by Fairhaven Middle School, 86 to nine. Um, Kind of our defining moment of our season. Um, One other kid scored a couple um, layups and I hit a three-pointer. And that was... That was about all we got um, and then I went into track, and I wasn't very good at any specific <laughs> uh event, so I ended up running the only event that um there weren't anybody else there wasn't anybody else doing, so I often ran at track meets completely by myself and with one other guy on my team because nobody ran that <laughs> that that uh, event. Um, and then that baseball season, I think we went like four and 15 or something like that. But I had these losses stacking up against me. And for some reason, as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, I could have just been like, man, sports are not for me. This sucks. Um, but I had this realization that I still enjoyed doing those things. And I think that year was the year that I really fell in love with this movement idea of moving my body and enjoying, you know, having all these abilities, even though they're obviously not at a high level, but these abilities to do these things. And I fell in love with the the aspects of the games, rather than the outcomes of the games. Um, and so that has just kind of stuck, stuck with me and blossomed into this, you know, ideas that I have as an adult. Um, that it's going to be better for us, uh, to just focus on the things that, that we truly value. So I sat down and I wrote a list of things that I value. What do I value? And the first things that came to my mind are obviously, uh, my son and my wife first. Uh, and then I, the, the list kind of took off from there. Um, the rest of my family, my circle of friends, um, and on and on and on. And I don't need to get into all the details of it, but it, it kept growing. And um, I hit all these different aspects of things that I really truly value. Um, and when we figure out what we truly value, we start to notice that some of those things are, are things we think we're supposed to value. And then some of them are truly, truly things we value. And how do we know the difference? For me, it is um, which one of those things energizes you. What of those, what of what things out of that list give you energy? What gets your, what spikes you up and kind of gets you a more awake when you think about doing that thing, does it energize you? And those are the things that are truly valuable to you. And to be honest, a lot of times, some of those things are going to be completely contrary to what, you know, people around you might say about you or tell you that you should value, you know, um. Nowhere on this list did I write anything about a job. I wrote about some things that I do in my job, but I didn't write anything about a job or a house or a car or uh, my clothes or um, anything like that. (laughs) I didn't even write traveling. I wrote new experiences, you know, an adventure and and just, you know, um, investigating things which I think could lead to travel. But, not these like status symbol things of like my picture in front of the Eiffel Tower and the Great Wall of China and all the things that you're, you know, you're supposed to check off your bucket list. This list for me was truly things that the idea of those things actually energizes me and invigorates me. And so my proposal to combat this feeling of midlife crisis and, um, beginning to think that you are not special or that your destiny is is average and mundane, the way to combat that is to orient your life around these things that you truly value. Orient yourself around these things that that give you happiness. Because at the end of the day, happiness is happiness. If it's something that creates real genuine happiness, then that's exactly what you are supposed to do. Okay. If you know, and in that in, in that pursuit of those truly valuable things, you will either achieve your dreams or you'll shift your perspective. You know, you'll change your priorities. One or the other will happen. So as long as you keep pursuing those things that truly energize you and truly are valuable to you. You're going to attain those things eventually. Stop putting a timeline on it. If if the pursuit of those things gives you happiness, then you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Or you'll start to change your priorities and realize that that isn't something that I truly value. It doesn't energize me. It doesn't get me out of bed. It doesn't make me want to go out and, and work hard. So, you know, some people would consider that idea of shifting your priorities or perspectives and just kind of moving on to a different thing. Some people would say that that's giving up, you know, but I call it refocusing, um, because at the end of the day, sometimes letting go of something that you thought you wanted will actually breed its own happiness. And again, if it, happiness is happiness, if it lights you up, then that's where you should be. And that's what you should be doing. So, uh, to kind of close this idea out, I'll talk about another example, um, uh, from my life that, that would, uh, that would follow this. So, um, growing up uh, from a super young age, as far back as I can possibly remember, I was dead set on becoming a major league baseball player. Um, I used to wear my batting gloves to school. I would wear high socks and a baseball cap. I carried my glove everywhere I went. I carried a ball with me. Um, I watched baseball relentlessly. I watched Sports Center. I got magazines. I collected baseball cards. I was obsessed. I was engulfed in this idea, and I was delusionally optimistic about it as a young kid, not knowing that, um, you know, being five eight and one hundred and forty pounds through high school, and you know, never picking up a baseball bat really was going to limit me from that possibility. And I do think that there were. Moments where I could have done some things differently to at least keep that endeavor going. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, that didn't pan out. And the older I got, you know, as I worked through high school and wasn't the All-State, you know, didn't make the All-State team and wasn't the first picked for some select teams and, um, you know, wasn't a league MVP and all of these different things, didn't get college offers, you know, you start to doubt if that is really truly what you were meant to do. And when I went to college and was cut from my college team in the, at the end of the fall, the first thing I wanted to do was run home. And I did, I ran home. I had my dad pick me up the day that the quarter ended. As soon as I took my finals, I came home. And I ran away from that idea. And at the time, I just felt terrible about it. I felt like I was giving up and that I shouldn't and I should keep trying. And so I got a job at a batting cage and I kept playing as much as I could and I trained as much as I could. And I never, after that, I never reached out to a coach and I never reached out to a school. I never went anywhere and I never pursued baseball again after that. And it made me feel awful for a while. But, I just kept orienting myself around things that actually energized me and gave me value. And at that time, it was my friends and my family, and it was teaching. And I I fell in love with teaching the game of baseball, and sharing it with other people and being a coach and being on the field and being at practice every day. It gave me that satisfaction that playing the game did. And I and I so I shifted my my view of what I was meant to do, to that, you know, and that gave me a lot of, you know, it almost gave myself forgiveness for giving up on that dream. And I don't even like to call it giving up. It was just a shift in my perspective of what I valued and and what was meant for me at that time. And and then coaching kind of became that, and I became obsessed with like taking a team to the Little League World Series or winning some big national tournament, and you know, we got close with a couple teams of doing some really, really big, you know, national things and we and we lost and it just kind of was like another crushing moment of like, damn it, I thought that this was gonna be my special thing that was, you know, that I was destined for and that wasn't it, you know? And then you just keep shifting, you know, and, and you find something else. But at the root of it, it was always something that really invigorated me and and gave me energy that, that picked me up you know when those things didn't work out and sometimes that can be just as simple as walking through the woods at Lake Patton with my son i feel that energy from just being out there and it's and it's true pure happiness that no one can take away and it's it almost i don't know how i don't know the word to use but it it almost seems like a letdown sometimes to think that something so simple is really what it's all about for me And that's a weird realization to come to, you know, because I had this grand idea of these amazing special things that I was supposed to do with my life when in actuality, it's going to end at some point. And so these things that in the moment give me this happiness and invigorate me and energize me to do more, those are really the things that I need to be worried about and focused on. And so what I... What I'm asking you to do as a listener of this podcast is to sit down, write a list of the things that you value, okay? And as you're doing so, if each thing that you put on that list, if you think about that thing for more than a couple minutes and it doesn't give you that butterfly feeling, that that tingly feeling that you want to go do something about it right then as you write it, don't put it on your list. Only put the things on your list that give you that that smiling feeling inside of you. Okay, make that list. Figure out what those things are. Remove the things that don't actually belong there. And and don't be shy about putting really sim- really simple things. You know, if you love it when you organize your desk and it looks beautiful and that gives you that feeling, put yourself on that, put that on that list. If it's, you know, walking your dog, put it on your list. But if it's a material thing that doesn't actually give you that feeling, but it's a status symbol, that's probably not something that should be on your list unless it truly gives you that feeling that that you made it, that it signifies something, you know, really important to you, then put it on your list. I'm not one to tell you what's valuable or what's not. It's it's got to be that feeling for yourself that you feel and make that list and then for the rest of your life, keep checking in on that list. Keep making sure that you're doing those things every day. And if something on that list gets to a point where it doesn't give you that feeling anymore, remove it. And if you find something else that does give you that list, that, that feeling, add it to your list. If it, if it, it, When you think about it, when you sit down and think about that thing, does it give you that feeling? And it needs to be there. And I feel like if you orient your life around that, then at the end of it you're going to be nothing but happy and it won't matter what you accomplished or or whose other who others you know ideas you actually fulfilled because it will be your life full of happiness and no one can take that away from you no one can tell you what that looks like and i just am hoping that that's something that you can find in this life and i hope that you find it tomorrow or today or it's next week. You know, I hope that it's soon for you and that you can, you can grasp onto that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and uh, sign off for now. Um, I'm feeling this episode in my heart and I, and I hope that you are too. And if you are, um, I ask that you please share this uh, with other people, pass it along uh, tell me you know how you're feeling feel free to message me if you if you want uh, ha- want to have a private conversation um, and uh, you know keep putting good out into the world um, I do ask that uh, you you like and share and review and most imp- importantly comment because uh, we are driven by you the listener and what you want to hear I always want to know your feedback on the topics we discuss as well as your questions um, so we have ideas for future pods um, being interactive is what really gets me going. So my friend, I wish you health and wellness, many adventures, and as always, keep moving. I'm big.